What do you do when you are plowing along and life is good? Everything's hunky-dory, copacetic, all right. And then something shocking happens to you. You lose a loved one. You lose someone that may be your rock, your foundation, somebody that's important to you. How do you recover? How do you push forward? How do you make success of your story? Let's talk about it. What's up? How do you get here? Robert Kennedy III, RK3, and we are back with another episode of the What's My Story podcast. How I got from there to here, or wherever it is. How I how I made success of my life after navigating through a pivotal moment that was maybe somewhat intended to, to, to cause failure or just to test me. I don't know what it is or what you've been through or what you've experienced, but we've all had that moment. So maybe it's been a series of moments for you, but you've had a time in your life where you've had to push through. You've had to figure it out. You had to take a detour. Something happened that caused you to think and reassess where you are. So let's talk about that with our guest today. But before we get to our guest, I just want to remind you, hey, if you have a thought, if you have a guest you want me to interview, if you just want to chill and chop it up and shoot the breeze, send me a text. Boom, 410-936-4049. If you're interested in learning a bit more about how to become an effective storyteller, how you can increase your visibility, how you can improve your sales, and up-level your influence, then you want to join me in the Storytellers Growth Lab because we do all of that and we equip you and we share with you how to do all of that. You can also support the show by going to rk3tv.live forward slash BMAC. Now, lastly, before we jump to our guests, don't forget... Every Thursday, if you're not able to join us live for the video version of the podcast on Mondays at 1.30 Eastern Daylight Time, I don't remember when what's daylight or standard, but it's just Eastern, whatever time it is on the East Coast of the United States. That's what time we're going live. All right. 1.30. If you're not able to join us at 1.30 live, then every Thursday morning at 7 a.m., we release the audio version of the podcast so that you can listen in your car. Go on over to Apple Podcasts, Stitcher. Google Play, iHeartRadio, Pandora, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts, that's where we are. The What's My Story podcast, look it up, live audio, or not live, it's not live, I just told you it's not live, it's it's the recorded versions on Thursday, <laughs> alright? So 7am Thursday mornings, we release the audio version so that you can catch all the golden nuggets that were so good that we talked about on Monday. So here we go, I'm excited, are you excited? I'm excited. I have a fabulous guest today, and her name is Aurora Aurora Winter, and it says that she combines the best of Silicon Valley with Hollywood. She helps experts turn their words into wealth. She is convinced that great leaders are great storytellers. Ooh, you know, we already like her, right? (laughs) She's a published author. She's a public speaker and she knows how to help people. And she does that through one-on-one coaches, books, one-on-one coaching, books, courses, really helping people to create a clear 
clear, concise, and compelling message. After her name, she's got the alphabet soup of TV appearances. ABC, CBS, KTLA, Elle Magazine, Success Magazine, Oprah Radio. She's got a book called Thought Leader Launch. She's got another book called Turn Words Into Wealth. And ooh, she's going to tell us about something special that she's got coming up for in the next few weeks. Ooh, are you ready? Let's tell the story. Aurora Winter, what's happening? How are you doing today? I'm doing great. What a nice introduction, Robert. I really appreciate that. And you and I are both on the same page. The power yeah. of story, it's so neglected by most people, but it is the most powerful tool that we all have access to is story. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love it. I love it. So before we dive into the background, I I love that you said leaders, great leaders are great storytellers. Tell me when was the first time that you experienced great storytelling or or a good story, great storytelling moment that you remember? The first great storytelling moment I remember is when I was nine years old reading C.S. Lewis's Narnia series. Mm -hmm. When I took the last book down in that series, which is called The Last Battle, I just felt this chill of anticipation, but also anticipatory grief. And I realized how magical it is to be a great storyteller. I mean, C.S. Lewis transported me and so many other people to another place, another time, a magical fantasy world. And I was totally gripped by just black dots on a white piece of paper. So that was my first really compelling moment of being awed by a storyteller. Why isn't that something you just said something that I don't think people get right? It's black dots on a piece of paper. It's literally just these yeah. squiggly lines that we've somehow made sense of, and it really encapsulate. It really transports us to to another place in our minds. Quite often, exactly. Well, a book yeah. is like telepathy that mm-hmm. can time travel. Wow. 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 That's that's hey, write that down, somebody. That That's a gold nugget right there. If you haven't heard one before, that's a gold nugget. So let's dive back into your story, Aurora. You've had um, this pivotal moment that you've spoken to us about. But before we get to the moment, um, what was happening in your life? So the, the, the moment so that I was thought my life moment, was. But- It was pretty magical. I uh, had married my college sweetheart. Mm -hmm. We were so in love that we started a business, even though we didn't have two nickels to rub together. So we had to figure out what business can we start with no money because we couldn't stand to be apart. And that business had actually grown to be a multi-million dollar business. And then I had our son and he was healthy and gorgeous as little babies can be. And I was a a beginning screenwriter at that point. And I just met Mel Gibson and Goldie Hawn and the director of the movie Stakeout, John Badham. And they hired me. I was hired to, to write a script as a consequence. So I thought my life was was divinely blessed and I was in a magical bubble of nothing could go wrong. And then my 33 year old husband, you know, dropped dead right in front of me. Wow. And yeah, there's not a big enough word to express how unexpected, how shocked, how devastating and how shattered I was in that moment. You know, I felt like Humpty Dumpty. I felt like I had fallen off the wall and my life and my very being had shattered into millions of pieces and that there was really no way that I could put my life back together again. Mm. And I felt broken. I felt, well, even if I super glue my life back together, it's still going to be obviously 
flawed. So it was a very dark time for me because all of a sudden I went from being, you know, a young mother with a husband who was my best friend and my business partner to a struggling single mother without a job, without a husband and without a way to support my little family of two. And I was a struggling screenwriter, which is not the most likely way to make money. But through the grace of God, because there's a little story there, but I want to skip it for now. I was invited to speak at the at the Banff Film and Television Festival, and um, I was allowed to to pitch my story. And I'm like, yeah. well, this could be my big break, or everything could go terribly wrong, and I could ruin my reputation forever in front yeah. of the 600 movers and shakers in film and television in Hollywood and around the world. And also, yeah. if they missed it, it was going to be televised, so they could catch yeah. it later and see me humiliate myself. Yeah. <laughs> but so, I practiced uh, and polished my pitch, mm-hmm. and it was it just blew my mind. It sparked yeah. a bidding war. My agent fielded offers on my behalf, and it changed the trajectory of my life in a yeah. good way. It had recently so, been changed uh, in a very bad way, you yeah. know, and as a result of that one twenty minutes telling a story as a result of that my career changed i'd be you know got six figures i became a little bit famous in the film industry for my 15 minutes and wow. uh, and, and landed a six figure position so it changed yes. everything and so that experience made me realize that it's wrong the story that we tell ourselves that it's mm-hmm. all about putting in 80 hours a week and making a better widget no it's really important to to mine your story and leverage your story. Stories yeah. can change your life in yeah. in five minutes, in ten minutes, in twenty minutes. Yeah. So I don't wanna I don't wanna slide by there's a piece of the story. So you kind of told us about your husband and then kind of the short version of what happened after that up to the point you got you got this great opportunity. But especially in this time of where there's a big focus on mental health and 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 us having to suppress things quite a bit. Talk to us about in the immediate aftermath of everything that went on with your husband or or the situation with your husband. What were the feelings that you had to deal with? as you are now making this transition and you're now getting this realization that, oh my gosh, I'm alone. I'm a single mother and I don't know what's next. Share with us kind of like your, your, well, your mindset. And, and, and how the, you, yeah. How you, how did you navigate dark, that? It was definitely the dark night of the soul. I mm-hmm. immediately felt shocked uh, but then I was um, had a heaviness of of guilt. Uh, you know, he he died the day we moved. If only we hadn't moved. If only I'd known wow. CPR. If only the phone had been connected early. If only. If only. If only. You know, I blamed myself somehow. It was it was my fault in my brain and in my heart. And and then I was also facing this little four year old looking up with me at me with such wow. trust. And how was I going to take care of him? How was I going to make sure his life wasn't broken? Oh, I'm getting emotional yeah. here. And it was a lot to deal with my own grief. And in my darkest moments, I thought that God hated me. Why would mm, God wow. do this to me? Why yeah. would God steal my son's husband? But 
you know, there was a, a, a moment, well, I'd like to tell you it happened two weeks after my husband died, but it actually right. was on the second anniversary of, of his death. Yeah. And at that time, I still felt like my life was in the gray zone. I was making it work, but there wasn't a lot of joy. Right. <laughs> and um, on the second anniversary of his death, um, I had a dream and the dream changed my life. So in the dream, I met my my husband at the airport. You know, everybody's purposefully heading here and there. And I just, I just lashed out at him in the dream. And I said, how could you? Like, how could you abandon me? And how could you leave our son without a father? And he asked me three questions. And these questions absolutely changed my life. He said, well, if you had it to do all over again, would you still have our son? I'm like, absolutely. He's the light of my life, my joy. I wouldn't trade him for anything. And then he said, well, if you had it to do all over again, would you still marry me? And I thought about it, all the good times. I'm like, yeah, I'd still marry you. And then he asked me the third question, and he said, well, given those two answers, would you want to know that I would die young? And in the dream, it's like it took my breath away. I was like shocked by the question. And I searched my heart and I discovered the answer was no. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't want to taint the joy that we did have with dread. And so that dream, which I feel was, you know, from God or from another place or from my husband's spirit or something. It felt like it was not from me allowed me to fully accept his death and Mm -hmm. stop feeling like something was wrong. Because if I had given the, been given the choice, I would have chosen what happened. So Mm -hmm. on the path from heartbreak to happiness, acceptance is a very key step. And I did share my diary of healing in a book called from heartbreak to happiness An intimate diary of healing. All right. So we're definitely going to have that book link in the show notes because we want people who experience this, who have gone through this journey to be able to see how Aurora, how someone else navigated that. And I wanted to slow down for just a second, because a lot of times we see people in two places, right? We see them like um, in their ultimate failure and we may see them in their ultimate success and we don't see the in-betweens or we just see one side and we don't see the emotional toll or the or the journey that they have to take through or, the wilderness to, to get or to all the struggle like there's yeah. so much value in struggle i've now discovered from the neuroscience perspective when yeah. we are struggling at the edge of our capacity we're laying down myelin and we are literally rewiring our brains we are upgrading our capacity as we struggle yeah. at the very edge when we're in the comfort zone we are not mm-hmm. changing so right. and that's why i published my diary um from heartbreak to happiness because i I wanted people to know, hey, if I can go from heartbreak to happiness, you can too. But it wasn't like heartbreak and then happiness. (laughs) There was a lot of despair and struggle in between. And so you're not alone. 
Yeah, yeah. Well, listen, I want to start moving the needle here a little bit. So we've gone through this and you've gotten this six figure opportunity and you're jumping into this. Your son is with you. You're 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 starting to find a new place in your life. Right. Um, let's start to be to, to, to unpack that and and go to that next space. How do you now begin to settle in? How do you begin to get the clarity about your life? and where you're headed, what are the things that you begin to lean into inside of yourself? But before we go into that, let's take a moment and hear a word from our sponsor. Are you a content creator, speaker, or thought leader? Do you pull your hair out every time you try to edit a video or get really disappointed when your videos don't get the views you're hoping for? It's okay to admit that you need help. If you're ready to stop wasting time and start spreading your message, it's nice to meet you. I'm Kayla O'Brien of Kayla O'Brien Media. I help creators in a variety of businesses get a foolproof game plan for their video content. Does that sound like something you want? No matter where you're starting from today, you need to know what your goals are, how to get the highest production value, and how to edit your content to fit correctly on each platform. No matter what your budget, there are options that can help you get started today. If you're ready to take your content creation experience from this to this, visit KaloBrianMedia.com and let's connect. Hey, Kayla, thank you so much for that. If you want to make sure that your media, your video, your online presence and your video brand is online on point, make sure that you get connected with Kayla O'Brien at KaylaO'BrienMedia.com. So let's jump back into the story with Aurora. So you have, my goodness, this story that a lot of people don't have, right? A lot of people have a different path and sometimes people think that their path is not as traumatic or not as dramatic as yours, so they therefore do not share it. But you found courage to begin sharing your story in in, in books. What thoughts or what advice would you give to people who are looking to find that courage to begin sharing their story? Well, there is gold mine in your own story. Everybody has challenges and adversity. Everybody has struggled and everybody has successes and everybody is on a certain path of evolution. And most of us have been trained to hide whatever is broken, wrong, flawed or challenges. But those are your hero's journey. So I invite people to really lean into that you are providing value to others when you're willing to be authentic. And when you're willing to be authentic and real, plus you take a little bit of story training, like I'm sure Robert offers some great story training that can help you master this. When you know how to tell your story, but to tell it in uh, in the formats or the structure that works, you will uh, move people and you will make a difference. About courage itself, the word courage stood out to me in your question, Robert. I think the biggest way to have more courage is two things. Remember why you're doing it. For me, my four-year-old son gave me a lot of courage because there was no way I was going to let him 
suffer. Um, The second way to have courage is also to consider you are the answer to somebody's prayers. So if you are withholding your story because you want Mm. to appear perfect, you are putting on other people the pressure of being quote unquote perfect, which doesn't happen. The best thing that is perfect or the most perfect thing is to evolve, to grow, to learn, to be a lifelong learner. I mean, look, Robert, you're a perfect example of this. You're learning, you're growing, you're expanding, you're trying different formats on podcasts and everyone gets better. Each one is better. And yet when I listen to your story about how the first one started and then you modified it and why you stopped that and how you're changing, (laughs) like it was the evolution that made me feel really connected to you. And that builds no like and trust. You know, our, our, short time here together doesn't let me share everything I'd like to share with people about how to tell their story and why it matters, which is why I put it in my recent book, Turn Words into Wealth, Blueprint for Your Business Brand and Book. But that is a book that I've worked on for quite a while. It just came out in May. So it's it's polished. It's an award-winning book. It's high high quality. And I think you'll really get a lot of value out of it. But I also decided to be transparent and real, like you're being, Robert. So um, uh, coming up um, August the 17th, my book, Marketing Fast Track, the little book that launched a new business is going to be published. And I explain, you know, I explain what happened, but basically that little book allowed me to pivot from one business to another. It generated $250,000 of new business in 90 days. And I want people to know that that book was based on a one hour interview, an interview like this one. Robert. And so, you know, uh, by tidying up that one hour interview and adding a bit of front and back matter and then getting it out as quickly as possible, it allowed me to start a whole new business and shocked me by generating $250,000 of new business in 90 days. And I want to be authentic and real and show people, hey, you know, even with a short book, you can help yourself launch a new product or service or new business or pivot from one thing to another. Yeah. So let's let's ask the question or let's address the elephant in the room here. A lot of times people say, hey, I did a book and it and it may be it may be two hundred and fifty million dollars or maybe half a million or maybe two hundred and fifty thousand in 90 days. And the regular folk are like, hmm. How did that happen? So if there is and, and I don't expect you to reveal your entire secret sauce, but if there's one thing inside of that experience that you could share with people for how a book or for how some element of your story can make a difference financially for you? What is the nugget that you would share with them? Oh, I'm so glad that you asked that question. What do you ask that question? <laughs> I love it that you asked that question. Uh, well, let me give it a bit more context. I had just finished yeah. my M my MBA. So I'd basically taken almost two years off from my business. So my business was completely stopped or stalled. I was on ice. Uh, I needed something to get it going again quickly. But I did have a list, an email list, a very small one of 12,000 people. I did have a a pretty good uh, general reputation, although my reputation was as somebody who trains grief coaches, not Mm -hmm. as somebody who helps people with their marketing, messaging, and publishing their books. Um, And I did spend about $12,000 on ads. So 
that's the truth of the matter. Now, I didn't say it generated $250,000 of profit. I said it generated $250,000 of new business. Right. And I think one of the keys to that is I have some high-end offers. So Mm. I have some low-end offers, but I also have a, you know, a done-for-you. I'll interview you. You're the expert. You're the, the business leader. I'll interview you, and my team and I will turn it into a book. We'll market and promote you and your book. We'll help you launch as a thought leader. We'll help you get on media and podcasts. So, you know, so that's a, quite a high-end offer. So it doesn't yeah. take too many of those to add up quickly. Right. I want people to hear that because a lot of times we hear that a book resulted in this. So we hear a financial connection and some people kind of think, oh my gosh, I, she, you popped up, you put a book up on Amazon and it was, uh, oh, 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 you know, like, let me clarify. Yeah. yeah go I ahead. gave the book away for free. Wow. Okay. People just paid for the shipping and handling. Wow. So I gave the book away for free. And in my book, uh, Turn Words Into Wealth, I explain how to use a book as a lead magnet and and use that process. So I gave my book away for free. People paid a couple of bucks for shipping and handling, which more or less made it break even, didn't make it a profit center. Um, yeah. and, and those were people from my list of 12,000 who already knew, liked, and trust me, although they knew me knew me in a different context. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. yeah. So I don't... So- the, Turn Words Into Wealth emphasizes that there are a number of ways to make seven figures with your book, but selling books is way number eight. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So so I, I, and again, I'm glad that you're sharing this because I really want people to hear that, my goodness, there are different ways to do this, but I think a, a key thing that I want them to hear as well is that you had this high end offer and in order for you to have a high end offer, you've got to have a certain courage or self-worth or a certain willingness to go for something. Because here's what happens. A lot of times people you're, you, you put a book out and it's what, twelve ninety nine on Amazon or Barnes and Noble or whatever. And you're hoping that it sells 300,000 copies so you can make a few dollars. Right? So so how do you what what advice do you give to people who may not be yet at the high ticket offer mindset what what is it that you did or how can people begin to get that in their space so that you know they can think differently Mm, that's a big question. Well, I primarily serve people who already have businesses or yeah. who have uh, who are professionals like lawyers, doctors or dentists who already have an easy back end that's accessible. And so a book for them doesn't have to generate any profit on the front end because it's a really great lead magnet and it's kind of, you know, necessary to get on the speaking circuit and yeah. get on me and radio and podcasts. So that those are my primary clients. And so for them, it's simply a matter of how many, you know, what's the um, average value of a client, <laughs> what's the lifetime value of a client, and how many more clients do you need for this book to make money um, yeah. as as part of a lead generation process. So I, I um, only offer things that I believe will generate at least 10 times what the person has invested. Wow. So that's the, you know, so that's the other key for the, for the listeners 
a high-end offer doesn't mean you inflate the price. It means you <laughs> offer more value. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But for those who do not have a back end yet, like I also help some children's authors. Wendy Winter, my sister-in-law, I helped her publish her book. It's a children's book. It's won a bunch of awards. Where's my Joey? I have some clients who are children's authors. You know, I recommend to them, you know, do it for the love of it and uh, have have an eye on a series because yeah. you can't just publish one book and then wait. You need to advertise yeah. and have a back end. And the back end could be that you write a series of books, but then yeah. you're going to think of yourself as, a, as an author and not just a one-shot wonder. I mean, the best yeah. is can you have another, another interim stuff? Can you offer an online course? Can you speak about this? Who wants what you have to offer? Who is praying for your help. So you have to really think about the other person. What do other people need that you could help them with? And the the best way to do that, I think, what I what I always do is I look at what problems have I had that really were problems that I have managed to solve. Yeah. And figured out a whole bunch of, you know, different systems and steps and checklists and processes to solve those problems. And once I've solved them myself and proven to myself that I've solved them in my own business or in my own books, then I can offer those solutions to others. So think yeah. about what, what problems have you solved and how could you add something to your yeah. book sale to make it make Love more it. sense? Do you have a book, Love Robert? Yes, I've got a few. Find your voice is one. Uh, yeah, if we if we were to go back further on the scene, there there are a few. Let me see if I can. Yeah, twenty eight days. I've got a leadership devotional. So there are few. There are few of them in in the world. Yeah. Oh, good. I've got to read them then. Yeah. So I wanted, they sound great. I wanted to to capture what you just said in a statement that I just heard at a conference. And the statement is, you are best positioned to serve the person who you once were. Yeah. Bingo. Bingo. <laughs> awesome. So wrap us up here, Aurora. What What is it that you're doing? I know you mentioned your August 17th release. What is it that you're doing that we can get connected with and how do people connect with you best online? Okay, great. Well, I have some free resources at my website, which is thoughtleaderlaunch.com, or you can get there at aurorawinter.com, and there's free video training. Um, I have a number of books out. I'd love you to read Turn Words into Wealth, a Blueprint for Your Business, Brand, and Book. It will tell you seven different blueprints uh, that people have used to make seven figures with their books and their businesses and positioning their brand. And I have a new book coming out August the 17th, Marketing Fast Track, which reveals to you what a little lead magnet book can do if you have a business or you have a back end. And it can also be very useful to pivot. I, I use it to pivot from training coaches to helping entrepreneurs with their marketing and their stories. And the other thing is I wanted to show people uh, how a little short book that was based on a one hour interview can make a difference. Also to test 
your idea. You don't want to spend, you know, a year writing a book and then nobody wants to read it or launching yeah. a new business or offering a new product and service that nobody wants. So you need to find a quick way to test if your idea is viable. And I used Marketing Fast Track as a test and I wanted to to show it in its, uh, in, in its very nominal non-glory <laughs> so that others can be encouraged that you can do this too. Excellent. Aurora, it's been fantastic having you on the show. I appreciate you and I'm ready to dig in to turn words into wealth and your next book coming out on August 17th as well. Have a fabulous rest of your 2021 and we look forward to seeing you again soon. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Robert. Well, listen, Aurora shared some great tips and great notes and great information in the show. How do you come back from some from from a situation where your life is tragically altered or traumatically altered and you move into a space where you have the courage not only to share your story, but the courage to know that your story, the way that you've lived it, the way that you've experienced it makes a difference for somebody else. Wow. I want you to own that. I want you to take charge of that. I want you to embrace that so that you don't remain the same. You don't remain how you were yesterday. You don't even remain how you are today. You want to be better than you are right at this moment. And you do that by stepping forward. You do that by owning your story. You do that by believing what we say at the end of every show, everything that happens to you in your life is your stuff. Your stuff is your story and your story deserves a stage. I'm Robert Kennedy, third RK three, and I'll see you on the next episode of what's my story. What's my story? Yeah. Yeah. What is? Yeah.